Corbin versus the world was recorded in front of a live studio audience. The character of Corbin is a work of fiction and is meant to represent your hopes, dreams, and your fears, and bears no resemblance to the real Corbin, who actually hates music. This show was produced without oversight, approval, or copyright from the FCC, and listening to it is probably a crime. Please don't report us. Please don't report us. All interviews, jokes, and statements are a figment of your imagination. No one was harmed in the making of this show except our producer, Chris, who has not eaten solid food in 48 hours. Corbin would like to thank you for listening and encourages you to send him money because he owes money to several large financial institutions. He'll pay you back eventually. He swears. Anyone who takes offense to any of the content on this show is politely invited to send their hate mail to the nearest dumpster and light it on fire. Now, sit back, pour yourself a cool, cool beverage, and enjoy the ride. Loudspeaker Studios. people welcome welcome one and all to another edition of corbin versus the world it is officially the year of the tiger and i am your tiger king and hero corbin david allball here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday today and tomorrow on this our second week of februario that's my way of saying February. I have a beautiful show loaded in the cannon, ready to blast off for all of you proud and powerful listeners out there. And I am happy to report that I am not recording this episode from a popular eating establishment. I am back in the studio, which looks very clean and pristine. Doesn't look at all like I unloaded a full magazine of bullets on a flock of birds in here, which is wonderful. Big shout out to the cleaning crew at Poom. Thanks a lot for cleaning that up. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, good. Good. To that point, the uh, Poom legal department has prepared a statement that they asked me slash told me slash ordered me to read at the beginning of this show or else I'm going to get even more money pulled out of my contract. Not that I'm bitter or anything. Uh, so Rico, can you do me a favor and hand me the, the paperwork, please, so I can get this nonsense out of the way? I haven't actually looked at this yet. Wait, this is in Swedish. Oh, it's on the back. Okay, okay, it's on the back. That that makes it. Why did they even send it into it? You know what? I'm not going to question them. That seems like a bad idea. The following is a sincere and heartfelt apology that was written by someone else. <clears throat> I, Corbin David Alba, your hero, hereby apologize for the savage violence cruelty to animals, and misguided attempt at media outreach that took place on my show two weeks ago during my interview with Geese. I extend my heartfelt condolences to the family of Geese and all of their gosling cousins and to any other winged animals who may have been mentally scarred through listening to the show. I sincerely pledge that it will not happen again and I will be donating the next six months of paycheck to the newly founded Poom Geese Memorial Foundation, which will support the upbringing and migration of the endangered and majestic Canadian goose. Furthermore, as a way to ensure that no more violent episodes like this will take place, and also in the interest of protecting Poom Studio property, I will be avoiding any more interactions with bands and or musicians who are named after birds. As such, the following bands will no longer be talked about, played, or interacted with in any way on this show. <clears throat> Geese, Goose, Phoenix, Swans, The Wrens, The Eagles, 
the Eagles of Death Metal, the Department of Eagles, the Dodos, even though they're extinct, who fucking cares, the Jayhawks, the Birds, with a Y, Old Crow Medicine Show, the Black Crows, Counting Crows, Cheryl Crow, God, there's a lot of crow bands, Andrew Bird, the Yardbirds, the OJs, the Partridge Family, Owl City, not that that changes much from the status quo, and finally, Eagle Eye Cherry. I'm probably leaving some out, but I'm sure you can check all those in the show notes. So that was the statement. Got that out of the way. I will say, though, on the personal victory front, uh, after a few hours of negotiations, I was able to keep the Dixie Chicks on the show. Or rather, I guess they're just the Chicks now, since the, the Poom executives didn't understand that when they said Chicks, they weren't talking about chickens, that it was a colloquialism for women, because, you know, Swedish language barrier, you know how it works. That's cool. Big victory for your boy here. Not sure exactly when I'll get around to playing them, but I figure if I have the ability, I might as well take advantage of it, which is one of my life mottos. Uh, maybe by the time we get to show number 600, by that point, I might not be in corporate debt anymore. You can do the math on that. I do words, not numbers. I also... This is so excessive. I also cannot wear Allbirds branded shoes in the studio for reasons because they're really freaking comfortable, really enjoy them, but not as comfortable as these new Poom shoes that I'm wearing right now. All yours for the low price of $219 and seen on shows such as HBO Max's Euphoria, HBO Max's Peacemaker, and The Colgate Hour. These shoes are made out of 84% recycled egg cartons, 8% alpaca wool, and 6% pig. These are the most environmentally conscious pieces of footwear that you can buy on the dark web between $200 and $250, according to Forbes. They were recently voted the 12th hottest sales item on an online poll that I will not source, and they can be yours if you use our special code SFUAD on the Poom website. Just go to poomwonderful.com, that's P-U-M, wonderful.com, and use that code SFUAD and tell them Corbin sent you. You should get your shoes within the business year. The Poom Shoe, a Poom product. What was I talking about? Uh, I don't know. A lot of stuff to get through today. So let's do some tunes while I get my brain organized. Camp Cope is a great little trio of gals from Down Under. That's Australia, if you don't get the colloquialism. And they are getting ready to release a new LP after their breakout album called How to Socialize and Make Friends from 2018. I already know how to do that, but it's still a really good album. This is their first single, off their upcoming album, Running With The Hurricane. Well, I can't get this whole around. I've seen the light. It's not going Talks me up, I bring myself down Comparing the best parts of you to the worst in myself I get sorry for thinking about anyone else And if this is the bottom I can show you
I don't even like butterflies But you give them to me I never notice people's colored eyes But I know yours aren't green And it's the way you say what's on your mind That keeps you Welcome back to Corbin versus the world, the sexiest jam factory in the world. The flavor of the week is raspberry. You just got done jamming to Camp Cope's Running with the Hurricane, which is a great song, but it is not something that I recommend doing unless you have the proper cardio. Next, Pillow Queens out of Dublin, hitting us hard with some emotive rock and roll. And that track was called Be By Your Side. They are hitting North America on tour pretty soon to support their upcoming album. And if you are in the Colorado area, you could try catching them at the High Dive in April. Check their dates on Bandcamp if you're interested. And finally, we had a fantastical new track from Morgan Reese. That's a young artist out of San Francisco. And that was called Butterflies. And we're going to be talking more about butterflies a little bit later in the show. But for now, be content with knowing that that is Defo, one of my favorite songs of the year already. I've probably already played it like 30 times. And I have a feeling that that's going to be a pretty crowded field this year because we've already got some great tracks that have been coming out. And there's going to be more of that for you to enjoy later in the show. And I'm very happy to be sharing those with all of you. Now, as those of you who have listened to the show on the regular know, I am a big fan of trash can television. Not exactly like car crash television, trash can television. The kind of lowbrow TV that reminds you exactly why most of America reads at a seventh grade level. And I know what you're thinking. You might be a little disappointed, but you're thinking, Corbin, you're such a paragon of intellectualism and wit and high culture. I can tell through your nuanced taste in music, your Shakespearean diction, and your husky masculine tone. Surely you spend your free time watching prestige television on HBO and Tarkovsky films and stuff with subtitles while eating wheat thins covered in brie and capers and and stuff like that. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, Wolfgang Amadeus dipshit, but I am a dirty whore for Judge Steve Harvey and all of his evil lowbrow cousins, and I am proud of it. I don't even know what capers are. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I do like good old-fashioned, critically acclaimed television power hour just as much as the next individual. Succession is my favorite show in the whole world right now, and I'm having a great time reading Brian Cox's memoir where he talks about all the different times he did Shakespeare theater things in tights, and that is proof that I read. It definitely makes me miss my theater days until I remember it's filled with annoying rich idiots, but watching good television or movies even, doing it all on the regular, it's like fine dining. It's like eating a filet mignon, succession, sopranos, great British baking show. That is top of the line filet mignon entertainment wise. But you can't eat filet mignon every day. First of all, it's fucking expensive. Secondly, you start to get used to filet mignon every day, and then you're stuck with a permanently refined palate, and you're never going to be able to enjoy a good old-fashioned Subway sandwich when you're broke and starving, and it's the only thing open for five miles around. Sometimes you gotta mix it up. It's like jazz. Sometimes you eat some filet mignon, sometimes you eat at Applebee's, and sometimes you go to McDonald's and get a McDouble and a hot and spicy McChicken and you slam jam that shit together like a mad scientist and you cram the whole thing in your mouth to prove to God that you are no better than a four-legged shit-eating beast. It's called a McChurger, bitch. Look it up. I'll wait. Now I'm thinking about McChurgers. Now I'm hungry. Uh, oh, yeah. Trash Can TV. So one of my favorite Trash Can TV shows, as you might know, is The Masked Singer. And I want to draw a line in the sand when I say that I enjoy The Masked Singer, but not The Masked Dancer. That show can jump up my filet mignon butt. It makes no sense. How am I supposed to know who's under the mask just based on how they dance? I don't know the bodily nuances of celebrities based on their posture and, and height and, and like physicality and stuff like that. I'm not Mark David Chapman or the FBI. I'm not that level of obsessed. And I mean, I get it. If we can't get Paula Abdul on TV once every two years, she'll turn back into a flock of parrots and fly away. But is it really, really worth it? Damn, I'm getting off track today. Masked Singer. Celebrities put on goofy costumes and sing songs and a goofy gaggle of judges have to guess who's under the mask. It's great. It's amazing in all the ways that the masked dancer is not. Jewel was on. She won last season. She beat Todrick Hall, who I understand is a person who exists. Uh, everyone clapped. I cried because I cry so easily watching TV shows. And there is a new season on the way, which obviously I am super psyched about. But controversy is afoot already for this upcoming season. You see, every now and again, The Masked Singer will have a, uh, let's just say, questionable guest who appears on the show. Last year, Sarah Palin showed up, which was a strong choice. She wrapped Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot, and that was seen by millions of people across the nation, millions of people who, for the record, will never read your novel or screenplay or listen to your podcast. So if you were waiting for that last thing to push you over the edge to make you go live in the woods, surviving off of roots and acorns and dead chipmunks for the rest of your life, let that be the information that pushes you. But if that wasn't enough for you, then let me gleefully report that the Masked Singer people have outdone themselves this year as none other than Rudy Giuliani will be revealed as a participant on the program. Spoiler alert. Shit, I guess I'm supposed to say spoiler alert before I say the actual spoilers. Might be. Sue me with your invisible lawyer. Get over it. But yeah, hey, speaking of lawyers, Rudy Giuliani. It made headlines across different entertainment outlets because it caused two judges, specifically Ken Jong and Robin Thicke, to walk off the show in outrage, which, regardless of your political beliefs, we can all agree that it is fucking hilarious that after all of the shit that has appeared on The Masked Singer up to and including the Sarah Palin appearance, this is the thing that has crossed the line for the guy who made the Blurred Lines music video surrounded by the dancing naked women and T.I. and Pharrell and the other guy who jumped naked out of a car trunk onto Bradley Cooper's face to hit them with a cane. This was the thing to make both of them say, this is too much for me. You gotta love it. Me personally, I don't care. I can't wait to see it. 
There's Car Crash TV, and then there's Demolition Derby TV, while the resurrected corpse of Evil Knievel shoves a McTrigger up his ass TV. And that is exactly the kind of thing that is going to rev my engine, especially during that week-to-week grind. Plus, wouldn't we all collectively prefer Rudy appearing on stuff like The Masked Singer instead of, I don't know, The White House? Somewhere that's actually important. Just a Subway sandwich for thought. Here's some more tunes.
Man versus the World, the hottest one-man sweatshop in Colorado, and I'm the man. Hope you enjoyed all that bleeding angst all over the place. I already mopped it up during our musical break. You just got done hearing Long Distance Conjoined Twins by Home Is Where, which is a super tight emo unit out of Florida, continuing the proud 21st century emo tradition of having super awkward band names. As a general rule, the more convoluted the band name, the better the band, at least when it comes to emo bands. That is the rule I just made up. That was off their breakout EP that came out last year called I Became Birds, which is an excellent listen through if you ever want to hear what Neutral Milk Hotel would sound like if they grew up in Washington, D.C. in the 80s and hung out with Cat and Jazz. Expect great things from them in the future if they do not self-immolate on social media, which I hear is all the rage these days. Next, we had Origami Angel and Self-Destruct from their double album, came out last year, called Gami Gang, G-A-M-I, and that is appropriate because the band themselves are a duo, get it, duo, double album, turn of phrase. Uh, They're kind of like a poppy, punky Japan droids, if you're into that kind of thing, and I am hopeful that I will be able to catch them live a little bit later this month, because they are going to be opening up for emo heavyweights The Wonder Years as they come through Colorado in just a couple weeks, and I really hope I'm not the oldest person there. But luckily, I'm 5'6", and I look 18 when I shave my face, so I should be able to blend in with the youngins, no problemo. Like I said, I kept my skinny jeans and my Converse for a reason. Finally, we had the band Anxious, which, relatively normal band name, with their song Call From You off their new album called Little Green House that came out just a couple weeks ago. They are out of Connecticut, if you need a GPS location. I gave that one a spin this week, and I was a big, big fan, so I want to share it with you. A lot of emotion, a lot of riffs, a lot of hooks to find there, so check that album out. Good one, top to bottom. Other things I did this week... I watched the opening ceremonies for the Olympics a couple nights ago, mainly because all my streaming services were interrupted by a winter blackout, and I needed some background noise to keep me occupied while I painted all of my very sensitive mood paintings. Just in case you didn't watch it, which I believe describes checking my notes 99% of the country, I will let you know it was pretty neat. As long as you're into snowflakes and elaborate hand choreography, imagine Disney on ice, but with like a $5 million budget. There were giant CGI snowflakes, lasers, LEDs, dancers who are definitely there of their own free will, a children's choir, a conductor dressed like the abominable snowman. I might be making that last part up. A whole bunch of crazy stuff. My favorite part, though, would have to be, and this was such a touching moment near the end, when over 200 different Elsas from Frozen, each one representing a different country participating in the games, came out in their own native wear to sing Let It Go in their own native language. At least I think that's what happened. Maybe I fell asleep halfway through and that was just part of my weird fever dream. I don't know. You can't check my work. You didn't watch it. Nobody watched it. And if you did watch it, it's because your streaming services were also being interrupted by the blizzard. But yeah, based on ratings and social media and my own Nostradamus-like sense of the zeitgeist, it would appear that no one really gives a shit about the Olympics anymore, which is kind of sad and really shocking considering how many well-known athletes and events are being featured this year. You know, like uh, like that, that one guy who snowboards. Or, wait, did he retire this year? Okay, never mind. Uh, But there's also that one girl who does figure skating. Is that Michelle Kwan? Is that... It did... Yeah, okay. That's... that. Oh, she retired too. Okay, I don't know. I don't know any of these people. But, But yeah, it was the lowest rated opening ceremony of all time. Good job, everybody. Uh, More people watched Slam Ball on Spike TV back in the mid-2000s. Hey, remember Slam Ball? They put trampolines in front of the hoop so the players could do like flips and backflips and all sorts of like Dragon Ball Z stuff while dunking the ball. It was amazing. And it was a perfect lead in to WWE Velocity. And you want to know why no one's watching the Olympics this year? First of all, 
No more naked wrestlers, which has been my complaint about the Olympics for the past 30 years. But secondly, and more immediately, there is no slam ball. You bring that back, the viewers will come back. So next time, Olympic Committee, maybe you should look into my input and read my emails I've been sending you before booking all your events. Just while I'm on this roll, I also think that snowball fights, especially for the Winter Olympics, should be an Olympic event. It would be dope. I have a whole plan, whole plan of attack written out on competitive snowball fighting that I made in college one night, and I could easily copy-paste that proposal to the international Olympic community. It would work just like paintball or dodgeball. You get hit, you're eliminated. Easy. Last team standing wins. There would, of course, be a minimum regulation size of snowball and checks for juicing and performance-enhancing drugs like Gatorade to ensure the integrity of the event and also to make sure the Russians don't cheat. You can make it single elimination, country versus country, or if you want to make it really interesting, go full squid game with it. Make it a full-scale battle royale where every country competes at once at the same time. And once again, you get hit, you're eliminated. Last one standing wins. You could have automated drones act as referees. Rico, maybe some of your cousins could get some work that way. Hit a drone with a snowball, boom, instant disqualification. Once again, trying to keep it civil. This is also how I think that all future wars should be fought, for the record. I have submitted numerous proposals to The Hague. I CC'd them when I sent my emails to the International Olympic Committee, but no one has gotten back to me yet. And you know what, guys? That's why the aliens haven't invited us to join into the Galactic Federation yet, because we have not accepted snowball fights as a legitimate form of diplomatic discourse. Or at least paintball, water gun fights, dodgeball, any of these things would work. Maybe someday. Anyway... Olympics, sports, ooh, sports. Tune time. I got a band called Jockstrap, which is totally sports related, that I think you're going to like. Let's get a little weird with it. This is 50-50 by Jockstrap. Game on. Ah!
The truth was sold, that's where the trail goes cold My shoulders shudder at the thought of puffing my chest out as I walk home alone Under the arches, there's this blow With a car boot full of stolen phones Knock off cologne and mink carcasses Limit condition from Selfridges, mate I see arsonists with business rates etched on the back of empty matchboxes And police officers getting their truncheons polished off in the bushes Wondering what all the fuss is about and what I'm looking at but if looks could kill, my vacant gaze wouldn't even pierce the skin I'm not lazy, ambition's just something I've no interest in it. At least when I meet my maker, I'll embrace all my mistakes As I descend into the bowels of hell, the shit-eating grin on my face Dark days It's a never-ending cycle of abuse Dark days I had the blues, and I can't shake them loose Dark days I had the blues, and I can't shake them loose Dark days It's a never-ending cycle of abuse we're skeptic due to how the media have depicted you Go getting to know you better, we clicked and so we stuck together Turning the corner of the burning cenotaph And those coppers clocked us, stopped us and shook us up and down With no grounds to and no due process They started discussing whether to let us off for doing nothing Or maybe pop us for looking like we might be hiding something And the radio buzzed in Thank fuck I bought you enough time not to get shot It's a never ending cycle of abuse I had the blues and I can't shake them loose I had the blues and I can't shake them loose It's a never ending cycle of abuse versus the world hope you enjoy that weird little trilogy of tracks first one you heard was 50 50 by a group called jockstrap that is a side project of one of the musicians from big old buzzed band black country new road who also put out a very very good album this past week but jockstrap is one of the weirder experimental side projects by one of those bands and they are a lot of fun catching some buzz of their own next we had the group bodega and throne and finally we had another buzzy buzzy band out of the uk called yard act and their song dark days you should defo check out their album called the overload which came out just a few weeks ago and is already one of the top heaters of this year big old new band very exciting so check all of them out so we're going to end this show with a new segment that I came up with that I would like to make a regular occurrence on this show. It is called Good News for People Who Love Good News. I came up with it because, you know, you turn on your TV, you boot up the internet, turn on your transistor FM radio, and you're immediately assaulted with all sorts of news that's intended not to keep you informed, but to keep you sad, afraid, and angry. And as a human being with a platform that people listen to, Allegedly, I think that's a pretty shitty thing, and I don't want to be part of that problem. So that's why we're introducing good news for people who love good news. Because where else are you going to hear it? The actual news? Ha! That's a funny joke. Good news for people who love good, good news. 
so this is a bit of news that uplifted my inner child this past week. Uh, one of my fonder memories when growing up in Mariel, Iowa, was going out with my family to this field of flowers and milkweeds for the sole purpose of capturing caterpillars, putting them in a little caterpillar prison with some assorted leaves and sustenance, and watch them go through their slow, miraculous nature process of turning from caterpillar into cocoon into beautiful monarch butterflies. So I've always had a thing for butterflies, despite my militant kill-on-sight dislike for the rest of their creepy-crawly cousins. Call me shallow, but I don't mind bugs, as long as they're pretty to look at. I have been severely bummed out these past few years to read that the monarch butterfly population has been on a steep decline lately, whether that's a result of habitat destruction, climate change, or just a whole bunch of really overzealous evil nine-year-olds with fly swatters. It has been a global trend, but I am very happy to report that there is good news on the monarch butterfly horizon. According to a group called the Xerces Society for Invertebrate Conservation, I'm not making that up, they're actually called Xerces, which has no relation to the ancient Persian Empire, unless it does, and I'm a big dumb idiot, they observed over 200,000 monarch butterflies migrating through California in late January, which, for a reference point, last year, they observed only 2,000. Thousand. So for those of you who are bad at math, that is over a 100 times increase, multiplication increase. I'm not exactly sure how you do quantify something like that or how the actual counting process works. I kind of imagine it's really similar to the Mario Party game where you have to count all the toads and goombas in a specific location in a set period of time, except with way more serious environmental and cultural ramifications. Uh, that also means that I really, really fucked up when choosing a career uh, because being paid to count butterflies sounds like something close to the best job ever, second only to judge on a Food Network show. Now, researchers cannot give a rational explanation for such a dramatic increase, but I am going to use my amateur inference skills, and I'm going to go ahead and assume and advance the hypothesis that there was never actually a decrease in a butterfly population to begin with. They've just been underground and hiding, and they've got butterfly Netflix, and they have been binge streaming show after show after show, and they've simply forgotten to do their migrations over the years because they've been so glued to their little television sets. But now that they've finally caught up on Ozark, the butterflies are free to make their migrations again. So let that be a little crumb of optimism to feed you in a never-ending negative news death spiral. There's a lot that needs fixing with the world, but at least there's more butterflies. So it can't be all bad. Plus, there's amazing tunes as well, which I love to share with you on a weekly basis. So if you enjoyed those tunes that you heard during today's show, go and check out our show notes at CorbinVersusTheWorld.com and give me a follow at CorbinVersusTheWorld on Instagram to check out even more wonderful tunes that I share on a daily basis. Big shout out, by the way, to uh, Robert Neal, who gave out our introduction for today's show. If that's something that you would like to do, once again, you can shoot me a message on Instagram. And also a big shout out to his podcast, which you should absolutely listen to. It is called the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association. So that sounds like a whole bunch of good times and great memories to check out. So if you got some free time after you're done with my show, defo check that bad boy out. But it has been a pleasure sharing the airwaves and sharing my wonderful tunes and philosophies with you this week. We will be back once again next Tuesday for another show here on Loudspeaker. So thank you very much, Loudspeaker, for hosting. Thank you very much, Poom, for sponsoring me and tolerating all my bullshit. And thank you, listener, for sharing your wonderful time with me. So we're going to end with a little throwback track from a band called Pylon that came up in the 80s and 90s out of Georgia. They were contemporaries of R.E.M. And they got a fun little thrashy track called Danger. So I hope you enjoy that, and I will catch you next week. Appreciate you.
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McSugar. This has been a production of Loudspeaker Networks. For more on this and other programs, visit loudspeaker.fm.